Hello, and welcome back to the Lightfoot Podcast. This week, Emil and I discuss some of the more nuanced critiques of metamodernism and highlight the central importance of finding love in our lives. We explore the danger of cults forming around developmental theory, and Emil shares an update on upcoming Hanzi publications. We dream of metamodern monasteries and unpack the core ideas from the Hanzi article, Obedience as Laughter, from the great dictator to the great spectator. I really enjoyed this conversation, and I hope you do too. Without further ado, I bring you Emil. Emil, welcome to the Lightfoot Podcast. Thank you. I would like us to jump straight into a juicy and alive topic in the meta world. I'd like to talk about some of the criticisms of stage theory. And uh, let Mm -hmm. me put this statement to you. Stage theories are BS. They're colonial bullshit. They always were. They always will be. Emil, what say you, my friend? Well, um, if stage theories uh, are bullshit, um, how do you explain the great explanatory and predictive power of them? Like, I mean, there's a reason there's such a hype about them and that people, when they properly learn and understand stage theory, that they start seeing the world in a new light. They simply have such a great explanatory power that uh, you cannot just dismiss them by calling them uh, BS. Uh, and I mean, uh, how come you have like different researchers out there in different fields and they all come up with roughly the same stages, with roughly the same characteristics and uh, with roughly the same distrib- distribution of people at each stage? Um, like, I mean, do you have any better way of explaining all that data? And um, yeah. yeah, and also... Yeah. How come that like um, everything in the world seems to come sequentially ordered anyway? Mm. Uh, I, I mean, uh, if we take like the evolution of, of, of the universe, like we, we have gone from dust till Shakespeare in 4.6 a billion years. And we can see, you know, different stages of complexity leading to where we are. Like even with children, like like ch- when children grow up, they do develop, you know, in discernible stages, you know, each, you know, dependent on each other in, 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 in a specific sequence. They all do that. And and there's not a lot of contro- controversy, controversy around children developing through stages. You know, it's, it's, it's part of, you know, the child psychology praxis. Um, but why suddenly when you're like 60 and 18, then it becomes bullshit. Like, are we like, are we like finished when we are 16, 18? Mm. I know that some people are, um, but <laughs> uh, my own experience is that I certainly didn't stop developing uh, at the age of 18. Um, and um, yeah, uh, so I just think like, how come, like, why is it suddenly a, a bullshit when it comes to adults? I think it has more to do with that we don't like the idea that some adults are on a higher stage of uh, cognitive complexity than others. Yeah. So if you were going to steel man that position, mm-hmm. how would you do it? How, 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 how do you mean? How do you mean? If you were going to uh, give the best version, improve even, or as my friend Ryan uh, McCarty says, the titanium man, which is where you take someone else's criticism or argument and soup it up to its like ultimate position. So, Ah, that 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 stage theories are are bullshit. Yeah, 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 yeah. How would you kind of 
bolster that? What what do you think are the best criticisms of stage theory? Um, that's 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 a good question. That's that's a good good question. Like I, I think the, the the best would be if you had some better way of explaining. Yeah. If if you have some other theory, because of course um, we can criticize the how we use stage theory that you know people start mistaking the map. Uh, uh, the map for the world, you know, and they become obsessed with stages, right? And uh, of course, uh, like the world doesn't uh, uh, snugly fit into the models we make of it, right? Yeah. Uh, and and I totally agree to that. That okay, how can we say say that like this is one stage, and it's always going to be arbitrary uh, when we define a stage, you know? That there are always going to be gray zones, you know? There are always going to be exceptions. However. Um, I don't wouldn't feel convinced to give up on stage theory until someone come up with a better way. Yeah. Um, so I, I do agree that yes, of 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 course, these are human made models, um, and uh, there's a lot of rough edges, uh, and of course, it doesn't describe, or it's just like a, not a one to one description of reality. Um, ho- however. Um, I, w- I would say that for now, they, they are good enough for now uh, until someone comes up with something better. Yeah, and I, I imagine you'd say more than good enough, but actually critically important if we're really going to have the kind of discernment to be able to unpack what kind of cultural theories and memes and waves are passing through society and, and potentially maybe also how to uh, synchronize and synergize them that, you know, kind of understanding the different worldviews and cultural perspectives might better position us for creating harmony and, uh, you know, enabling people to proceed through that, 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 those different stages. Yeah, well, like the second thing was that it's colonial as hell, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. Let's and get again, into that. That's also why I, I, that thing is, you know, oh no, no, it's just bullshit because we don't like the idea of hierarchies among adult human beings. Uh, and then, like, first of all, like, isn't like okay, you cannot deduce an art from an is, you know, that David Hume always established, already established that more than three hundred years ago. Yeah. Um, about 300 years ago. Um, but let, let, let's forget about that. I would actually think, uh, say that stage theories help us to become less judgmental, mm. right? Because if someone has like a crude opinion, you know, like a Trump a supporter or, 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 or yeah, uh, um, some like a super nationalist or religious person, with stage theory, we, 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 we will see that ah, it's because it's a lack of privilege. It's a lack of cognitive uh, and developmental privilege. Yeah, and it's not because of some inherent flaw in that person. And also, that um, like like the thing is that people who are against hierarchies and stage theories, they are not against hierarchies and stage theories as such. They just don't like that there are more stages. Right? Because people will automatically, you know, make like two stage theories, you know, because if you say, yes, we have this hierarchical stage uh, theory thinking, and then we have, you know, my thinking that is like more organic and inclusive, like you already made like a two stage model, um, whereas, you know, the lower stage is wrong and the, the higher one is right. Right. Yeah, it's impossible not right. to do that by forming exactly. opinions. And, and, and I'm thoughts, like, okay, it? if if we, when we create more stages, um, 
and and we start to see it as a stage theory. We don't judge the lower stages. We see that okay, in a less com a, a, a complex uh, a context. Uh, uh, or yeah, in the past, these were sufficient, but now we are on a higher level of complexity, you know, and our cognitive complexity and our values also need to uh, uh, reflect that. Um, and, and, and we start to see the truths prevalent on all um, of these, uh, of, of these uh, uh, stages. So I actually think that it, 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 is, it, it is actually more colonial not to think uh, in in a believe in stage theories, a use stage theories, because mm. with stage theories, you so, you all of a sudden you, you become less Western centric, right? Less Eurocentric. Like suddenly, you don't start mistaking certain properties of of, of Western countries with some like cultural essence. You see that ah, it has to do with that these countries they have modernized, right? Um, and these properties will also be prevalent when other countries, uh, like you could make the mistake, oh, like in Western countries, we have this democratic spirit, you know, which they lack in, in Arab countries, um, which states that we see, yeah, it is because that that European uh, 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 countries, they have, uh, you know, modernized and then they have adopted these democratic values. And the same thing will also happen, you know, as Arab countries, um, you know, establish rule of law and, uh, you know, stabilize the economy, become richer and, and more developed. Yeah. Um, yeah. So actually, I... it, it, yeah, it, it's more multi-perspectival and it also supports an, an idea of equality where you see people as um, all somewhere on the same a developmental trajectory someone is just a little bit ahead of others but that doesn't mean that you know pe people are not capable of catching up you know that it's not about being yeah. wrong or right but that some people are a little bit behind but you you can evolve and i also think it gives hope right like suddenly ah there is hope that it is not because of some inherent uh, bad essence in the arab world you know it's a developmental question yeah. And also, aha, it is not some inherent flaw in, in, in redneck southerners in the United States. You know, it is a matter of privilege and development. And under the right circumstances, um, people will, 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 will gradually subscribe to less crude opinions. I tend to agree with you and think it's profoundly important that we map such stages out and apply them to our social political theory more than they are today, which you advocate for really well in your books. I also see this perspective where it's coming from though. And I think it's a really mm. important discussion to be had. Uh, I think, especially when you apply stage theory to indigenous culture, I spend a lot of time reading about tribal contexts, because I'm interested in this idea of neo-tribalism, of recreating uh, a lot of what we lost pre-civilization in the modern context. And it's kind of like apples and oranges, you know, and there's so much mm. wisdom and magic. Uh, it's it, it just implicit in their ways of being that it, from my perspective, like I tend to agree with Rousseau that civilization is largely a, a race to remedy the ills it's produced. Mm -hmm. And 
I think it's worth, we run that race, we're in it and go the full mm -hmm. way, but with the kind of delicate sensitivity, which I feel that you portray really well. And I would hope that over time, that discussion becomes more nuanced and we can start to see who who is holding stage theory in a way that, you know, can be contrived as mm -hmm. colonial and who who is holding it with that sensitivity and with that love and joy for all to hopefully be able to reach that same level of uh, freedom in thought and word and deed. Mm -hmm. No, definitely. And like we talk of the concept of beauty's lost. Mm. Uh, you could also ask, oh, is, uh, is adulthood inherently better than childhood? Mm. Uh, okay, well, as an adult, obviously you are cap capable at performing more complex tasks, mm. but is it like better? It's like, like, we have lost a lot of beauties, you know, there's a lot of beauties from childhood that mm. we don't have anymore. Uh, I think as an adult, like on an even higher stage, you can reincorporate some of those childhood beauties. And I but think even that analogy maybe might rub people up the wrong way, right? Because you may be, you know, infantilizing what maybe was a equally complex and a highly nuanced way of being. But um I get your point. Yeah, that we've lost I, I, I understand along the way. that because it, it's about you know uh, the, the 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 beauties and and, and uh, who says there's something wrong about being inf infantile? Yeah, um, I mean yeah, if if, if you look, I love the example of, of 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 you with indigenous cultures because we have lost so many beauties, you know, mm. of that uh, original way of life, and we need to think about that. Um, that is the only way of life that we are evolutionary and cognitive at adapted to yeah yes. that is like our original home yeah mm -hmm. we are made uh, we are created to live in nature with around you know a uh, uh, hundred fellow human beings of you know you know all of them you know and live in harmony with nature and mm -hmm. uh, yeah um, th this way of life comes natural to us um, mm -hmm. modern life puts an ex exceptional amount of stress on the human soul uh, and I believe that it's paramount that we incorporate some of the beauties that we have lost and also that we take consideration that we are, biologically speaking, these human beings who walked around on, on, on the African savannah 100,000 years ago. Obviously, we cannot go back, but can we adapt not within modern society, that's not possible, but maybe in meta-modern society, we would be able to take greater considerations and incorporate some of the beauties. Like it's also like, just think about the Middle Ages, like mm. think about the the the, 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 the the big cathedrals. We don't build that anymore. Like yeah. the beauty of a cathedral, I would mm. say, is unrivaled by modernity. Nothing comes close to the beauty yeah. of a cathedral. We don't build those things anymore. So it's also, I think it's very important for us to acknowledge that on every stage there's truth and beauty that we lost, that we that we lose um, as we evolve, and it's also like that the same, you know, in our personal development, right? Like when we yeah. get older and wiser, we still might, oh, my childhood, my youth, yes, I was a bit stupid, but damn, did I have a lot of fun, you know, yeah. and, ah, like the marvel and wonder I experienced. And I would say that, you know, a, a, on a higher stage of development, you would try to incorporate all of those wonderful things. 
Um, yeah, nice. Like, and yeah, we I'm see that with a lot of like forty-year-old uh, middle-aged people that suddenly uh, they, they 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 start by buying buying toys. Like you have like you know these old uh, yeah middle-aged men they start like buying trains, you know, and things like they try to like get yeah. back access to their childhood, and it always happens, you know, at the same time when you get children yourself. Like getting yes. children yourself is a wonderful way to, you know, rediscover the marvel and, and wonder of childhood. And I believe when you do that, you know, at an older age, you know, with all the cognitive complexity, you know, then you can uh, integrate it in a way that will increase your wisdom. Um, mm. I think it's very important to acknowledge and respect the previous stages and not just dismiss them as primitive. And I think that um, that is a proper use of stage theory. Yeah, nice. Okay, I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna pivot to another. Uh, you ready for another criticism here? Um, a constructive criticism, I hope, of, of the metamodern project. So uh, here, I I read this. This is a this is a comment on an interesting discussion that happened. Uh, metamodernism seems to me to reproduce the one big story of development progress that is at the heart of modernity and also to turn into an exhausting process of describing the world, wording the world in the Maori mm. philosopher Karl Mika's terms rather than worlding the world. And so I think you're onto something here with, the, with these dynamics. So yeah, d how does that land with you? Well, well, what do you make of that? Um, well, I understand the criticism as like reducing metamodernism to yeah start talking about you know modern progress and development you know again as going back um and, yeah i and think it's again, framing metamodernism as a kind of yeah, rehash I, I of that modernist that's, that's a very very like like a reduced understand crude understanding of metamodernism mm -hmm. because as i talked talked about that was like about you know reintegrating all the beauties lost and i actually think that the idea like the original enlightenment idea of progress, yeah, of development, and now we humans, you know, we can reach higher stage of development and, um, um, yeah, make the world a better place. I think that's a beautiful thought, right? Of course, it turned out that, uh, you know, uh, industrialization and, 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 and capitalism, it, uh, yes, it did bring a lot of... Uh, uh, um, bring a lot of wealth to people in Europe and North America, you know, but at the expense of, you know, other other country, cultures that were exploited, you know, and destroying the environment, you know, as a metamodel, I fully acknowledge that, that, aha, okay, the so-called progress, you know, it's, yeah, it rings a bit hollow. But anyway, if we take the idea, no, no, how can, can couldn't we just like redefine progress? Because obviously, we see development, yeah, uh, mm -hmm. like non-normative development that we go from, in, from we, we we are moving towards increasingly higher stages of technological and organizational uh, development, and uh, we get more knowledge. You know, like everyone should agree to that. All right. Um, so how can we redefine that? I, I believe with metamodernism that we turn the gaze inwards. Aha, 
Okay, so we see a lot of that, that modernism and modernity has brought a lot of exterior progress. There's no mm. doubt about it with technology uh, and, and also that we live longer, uh, we have more knowledge, um, um, we, 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 we have an, a material abundance. All right, so how can we redefine um, um, progress? And I believe we can do that by, gazing, by turning the gaze inwards that, ah, okay, can we develop uh, uh, mentally, spiritually even, yeah? How can we develop the inner aspects um, of, uh, of life? Um, and uh, I think that's exactly what we need. We need the same kind of progress project as modernity had, but um, by turning our gaze in inwards. Yes, um, I don't remember like the, the I th and I also think that it, it's yeah like the original criticism was that ah you just want to go back to 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 this old story uh, of 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 modern progress and I, I can understand I that like on the surface it it might appear like that and then if you at the same time are just like allergic to the thought of oh stage theories yeah but if you if you if you if you don't like if if it doesn't click when it comes to personal development, that what we can achieve with um, uh, with personal development and healing, for that matter, like the thing is also that that, that um, you know, ten years ago, of course, I was like a developmental fetishist. You know, wow, you know, discovering Wilbur and Spiral Dynamics. Wow, we can create this uh, Star Trek society um, <laughs> uh, with, with psychological development. Uh, however, you know, as I've gotten older now, I, I am more inclined that I actually find healing uh, twice as like for every unit of uh, development, we need two units of healing. Mm. And it's part of it. And also in order to develop, we need to heal. We need to deal with our trauma. Uh, we need to, you know, sort out all our issues and shadows and, and all that stuff in order to develop and it's also you know part of like the, 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 the uh, hansi's model of development that is it's not only cognitive complexity you know we have three other dimensions you know we also have date depth you know and then code and and, and state uh, and i think in order for them to unlock each other that we need to work on our healing that's like an essential part um of development and i and i don't think that Anyone, you know, anyone who is like postmodern criticism would disagree when it's framed like that. Yes. But maybe I'm mistaken. Well, I want to I wanna go a little deeper with it because mm -hmm. I think there's a level of nuance that I'm reading into. There's quite a lot of resistance to the metamodern project in this broader meta space, which is comprised of some really, you know, delicate, intricate, quite mm. beautiful thinkers and i think to reduce it to be, being just a postmodern critique in some regards it has some of that spirit but i think there's something else there and i wonder have you in your own experience you must receive all sorts of feedback around the ideas you put out have you managed to get a sense of uh, what may be a useful and even a guiding criticism because if you look at something like wilbur's project at that kind of feedback process didn't really pan out and and i get the sense people you know they're a little bit allergic to systems in general meta narratives in general stage theory there's some of that but there's also i don't know maybe the second part of that quote you know wording the world rather than worlding the world mm. 
the poetry of that yeah. speaks to me a little bit. And it's kind of like, yeah, I want to integrate that into the, the, the Hanzi philosophy and make sure that's part of it, which I think actually it already is. Yeah, in yeah. what I know of you, it's already in there. But just to speak to it, because the final part, the other piece of the puzzle that's brought forward is this kind of elitism idea that there's a sense of an elitism around it. And that has to do with, you know, the 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 pitch of Hanzi is the kind of leader of the metamodern aristocracy, mm. which is tongue in cheek and playful, but with some people that hasn't landed that way. So yeah, is there is there something in there that you can tease out a bit? Well, like first of all, we need the postmodern critique. <laughs> it is very important that we have people out there who's only interested in the antithesis, only mm. interested in, in in pointing out flaws, because they are going we are going to make mistakes, they are going to be errors, mm. and they need to be sorted out before they turn into problems. Um, second, the problem is like I'm just receiving so much love in my inbox that uh, <laughs> that um, you know the criticism. I need to go out on the internet to find it. Uh, so maybe <laughs> I'm just like biased that because I feel showered in love from, from my That's position. Good. Um, but I also understand this. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. Instead of wording the world um, that okay, so we have these intellectual eggheads, you know, and they have words, all the best words, but nothing happens. And also that it can feel disembodied, you know, and, and I also feel that a little bit from the, the, the integral movement when we sit there with our all our theories, you know, and kind of like, yeah, get high on, 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 on our own amazing cognitive complexity and it becomes like, you know, a big circle jerk com uh, competition, right? Um, and uh, I, I've, I've, I think that's a very valid uh, criticism. Um, again, we need words, all the best words. I'm in the word business. Uh, I do words. Um, <laughs> however, I, I, well. I think it is important. I think it's paramount that metamodern, that metamodernism becomes a, a lived and felt experience with action, real life action out in the real world. And it doesn't become some disembodied intellectual uh, thing that is... Yeah, not accessible to the vast majority of people out there. So um, I would actually acknowledge the uh, the criticism that uh, yes, uh, the Hansi, so the stuff that we're doing, it is very intellectual. It is also very elitist in the way that it's not accessible uh, to the majority of people out there. Um, then again, you cannot be everywhere at the same time. I, it's my hope that people will take you know our theories distill it and make it accessible uh, for other people uh, in different contexts um, yeah. how do we how do we give that felt sense of the metamodern zeitgeist beyond uh, intellectual theory uh, have you mm. uh, I mean you've just started teaching a course so yes. how is that? Are you finding that there's more of that energy through that direct exchange or do you have some other ideas around that? Um, yeah, well, I, I would, uh, of course, like getting out and about, you know, instead of just sitting there hiding in front of your keyboard. Yeah. Uh, it's only what makes you a bit more vulnerable because you cannot choose your words so careful. And then like <laughs> people, all these people are watching you. Sure. Um, and uh, I would like to do uh, retreats and uh, I actually have been wanting to do that for, for, for a while. However, it hasn't been possible because of COVID, but now things are opening up. 
and uh, I'm like well aware that, well, I'm a word guy. I can offer words. I can I can offer theory. Uh, you know, I can't even be like a consultant or a coach or, or something. You know, I, I can teach metamodern theory. That's what I can do. Uh, that's my job. Um, but I would like, uh, but I am going to collaborate with uh, my newlywed wife, um, who is a therapist um, and um, a, 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 a good friend of mine, uh, Kor, uh from Denmark, um, uh, uh, Cora Wang, uh, Wangel, yeah, I don't know how to pronounce it in English. Um, and he works with sounds the, better that way. Sociocracy, holocracy, uh, and, and and these mm. kind of things. Well, what we were thinking about was like doing retreats where you have, um, yeah, you have theory. That's me, and then you have being. Um, that would be my uh, my wife Magali, uh, and then doing that's core uh, uh, with the sociocracy. Uh, things um i don't know if it will work but i think it's a good idea that yeah. we go out on the road and we invite people over for a weekend or a week maybe and we have workshops and uh, only a third of it is going to be theory yeah so people nice. will i will teach theory um my wife Magali will help people um uh, learn therapeutic uh, practices uh, body practices and um yeah uh, to to work on themselves because that's necessary. That's really necessary, um, and um, and then Cora will work will teach people some uh, and and show people some some kick ass techniques to uh, improve decision making. Um, so so that's what one idea that I you know have uh, yeah I, I'm working on. Uh, like of it. course, we we wanted to do like meta modern festivals. Uh, we did one. Um, well, I'm not going to do it again, but I would like someone who knows how to do festivals. <laughs> I would very much invite them uh, throughout the idea that please, like, create a meta modern festival. Um, that could be, uh, and also we had this idea of doing a meta modern uh, monastery, and um, the idea would be that uh, it would be somewhere cheap, you know, with with food and housing uh, and so on, and. Um, then uh, people who have you know an idea for something they would like to work on for a year or two yeah and it, it could be like a book project you know and if you like an, an art project or, or me even a, a, a company or something related to uh, metamodernism or, or yeah in, in, uh, saving the world right and uh, they, they would be granted like free housing and free food for one year to, to uh, uh, for one to two years and then um, they would be living there, working together with other people, right? So you would kind of like not getting stuck because often people, they just, okay, you're all alone. You don't have like this, the, the necessary support structure, right? And you sit there, either people, they pro procrastinate or they overwork themselves. So what we would do would that uh, we have like a structure and you will be held accountable. Okay, how far are you on your project? And then we get up to, 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 together, you know, do yoga. And then we work and then we're like, we have like a rhythm, like a monastic lifestyle, right? Mm. And, 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 and you will get the help and support to finish your project, uh, whatever that is. Um, I think that could, that, that, that could be a really good idea. Um. But I'm sure there are people out there who have even better, <laughs> better ideas. Um, but I, yes, I like those two to begin with. I, they both speak to me. They're things that I would participate in, and particularly, 
this monastery idea, I'm very drawn to the monastic academy, which is a group in uh, North America and Canada. They've got a few different branches. This, I keep coming back to this idea of how how do we how do we wed the spiritual, political, and artistic path mm. together? And I'm finding that through the confines of a rhythm or a structure, everything that monasteries represented, they're really they're a time tested. Mm-hmm. vehicle for that but adding that metamodern flair and then really the, the the communal mycelium that forms for me creating culture is really what what we want to do and really to do that you need to be together with other people yeah, exactly. who share these same values and ideas so, in the same physical space because that's only so much you can do online that's right um uh, yeah uh, no it is my dream that uh in the future, we will have enough resources to do these. Like, there will be meta-modern places where people can come together and do uh, do things. There will be financing from yeah various sources uh, for activities, and then also that because uh, we would like that we would integrate a lot of things, but without just being smashed. You know, like okay, now we're going to do theory, and now we're going to do something completely different and play music and. I've seen that, you know, but that it would just be like a natural thing that both like one's intellectual side, uh, uh, artistic side and, and, and body work will just be integrated into a whole that, yes, of course, we are doing yoga together and meditating because we would like to finish our project, you know, and um, um, and then there will you know, be artistic expressions because that's helping me with that, you know, and it's to create this, yeah, um, unity of uh, um of of different aspects um yeah yeah would you agree i i find it interesting you bring in the being component and mm. I, I i get a buzz of joy when you talk about your love and your partner magali and and how she brings that element into your life and i i think i just think how beautiful that is that you can balance each other in that way where i've arrived at is you really it's this two parts healing to one part development and theory idea. Like you can only get so far into understanding these theories and uh, what we need to do politically and the movements we need to build before you realize that really we need to slow down to speed up is where I'm arriving yeah. at. And it's, it's, it's almost uh, uh, unfortunate truth for a lot of people in the space because being the intellectual thinkers and scientists and engineers mm. and go-getters and business people that they are they want to jump into action but i'm finding that we all need to kind of learn the language of the body to understand trauma embodiment mm. uh healing in all its many ways in you know the manifold ways it shows up and yeah i kind of think we all need to become our own psychologists and healers for each other as much as we are political yeah. activists. And that's, yeah, that's quite a thing, you know? Yeah, it's, 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 it's both and. Like mm. um, getting together uh, with other people and being in relationship uh, should be therapeutic, right? Yeah. Then again, we also need to be careful not to make each other uh, 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 our therapist, yeah? There, there are some, yeah, uh, so, some problems with that too. Like, I believe that everyone should have a, have a therapist, yeah, um, and it should just, just, just like brushing your teeth. Um, 
so uh, or have some kind of practice um, but yeah um, uh, uh, being in a relationship with someone and, and 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 being in love you know the whole point is that it's like a therapeutic endeavor to make you more complete that's what it's all about mm. and i mean it's also what i okay what's what's all that fucking theory and like vain idea that i'm saving the world worth if i'm not in love like yeah. what's it like um, because you need to fall in fall in love with someone in order to fall in love with the world um and uh, i f- i feel that it's only then that you can like truly you know um and uh, embark on on um um on that mission um so so yeah what what i have been working on like the past couple of years i haven't been reading that many books about uh, yeah uh, complexity or yeah the world system and uh, uh, stage theory so i have I've been focusing on increasing uh, my depth you know i've been out on mm-hmm. a journey and uh, that journey led me led me to finally falling in love mm-hmm. and um, and now i'm a happy uh, married 40 year old man i made it just two days before my 40 40 year old birthday <laughs> yes and uh, yes and uh, I'm so lucky that um, that Michaelishi has a son. Um, mm. he's, he's seven years old, great kid, mm. and that has enabled me to reconnect with my own childhood because I also yeah. used to be like a seven-year-old boy, and um, and that has really brought a lot of value to me to integrate that those beauties lost. So actually, I've, I've become like a toy collector. <laughs> it brings <laughs> a lot of a lot of joy. Uh, to my life trains um, you mentioned trains before is that you have you been buying the trains no no i, I collect action figures action figures. Like, like you know I'm an, I'm an 80s kid you know yeah. <laughs> awesome yeah. yeah so you've had a you've had a rush of love flooding you recently you've you you've you've entered wedlock with a with a fantastic woman i can only yes. imagine how that must feel it feels pretty good i can tell you yeah cool yeah no, no, it, it kind of like feels like, uh, yeah, that feeling of I made it, thank God, because uh, this is what it's what it's all about, and uh, yeah, it's it's given me a lot of a uh, lot of energy, and I also feel that I have matured in a way that wasn't possible before. It was just not possible to reach that level of of, of maturity um, yeah. without having this uh, this uh, this deep. Experience. In what ways? Um, well, I, I feel that I have become more responsible and that I have, uh, I've got more energy, but mm-hmm. also that uh, it has helped me like to get my priorities straight. Um, it's also cured me of depression. Uh, I used mm-hmm. to have these occasional depressions at SCAR. Mm-hmm. Wow. So yeah, life is pretty sweet at the moment. Love plus metamodernism. You heard it here first, folks, the cure for depression. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm thrilled to hear that. Yeah, I think that 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 is like people who gravitate to to um, you know higher value memes, like value memes uh, uh, far away from from the mainstream. They all suffer from depression, anxiety, alienation. Yeah. Like the further away you are from the um, mimetic, mm. you know, uh, 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 center of gravity, uh, the worse you will feel. Like. Nazis, for example, they have a fucking shitty time, yeah, because yeah. you live in this like very crude Viking, Viking uh, warrior world, 
and then you live in a modern society. You know, that must be really alienating. But the same thing with, with the meta-modern community. I feel so many people, like on one side, that people are feeling depressed, depressed anxiety, uh, alienation, um, but also that people, if your thoughts, like your way of thinking and your skills are so alien to the rest of society, you, you, you also end up in the periphery. Uh, of society and very uh, precarious uh, situations and a lot say. of people simply cannot like work like in like have like normal jobs you know like if your boss is like three complexity stages below you and gravitates to what you consider some very crude values makes it very very diff- difficult to get up every morning so i also see that as um, a responsibility uh, of building this meta-modern community, this culture that we build uh, a transnational support structures mm. where we can, you know, create a kind of like a little meta-modern economy where people can, you know, all the gifts that they have and they want to give that there will be positions where they can do so. Um, so I hope that will be possible because right now pe- pe- people are a mess out there. And I also think about that this, like if we could have like this meta-modern monastery that um, kind of like see them as like the, the, the meta-modern barracks, right? That, that's where we're going to train all these broken warriors, you know, you know, heal them, build them up, you know, and then send them out in the world as revolutionaries, right? Because um, we, we need that. We need to build each other up. We're all broken in somewhere. We all need to heal. We all have trauma. Uh, we all have difficulties, uh, you know, finding out what what we're supposed to do in the world, and uh, we need each other's help uh, to do that. Yeah, the, but the... it mm. shouldn't turn into a cult. Yes, that, that is, is the, the biggest horror, the biggest danger. That's what keeps me up at night. That is that metamodernism uh, will be used to. Cult, for cult-like uh, uh, developments, right? Yeah. And it is the, the big totalitarian danger mm-hmm. of metamodernism. If we say that like fascism was obviously the, the big shadow of modernity, yep. right? And uh, postmoderns, po- 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 postmodernism's uh, big totalitarian danger is obviously communism. Yeah. Um, metamodernism's uh, big totalitarian danger is this new age spirituality totalitarianism this yeah uh, we see it all right like imagine if scientology would run a whole country you know that's the big danger we are facing and i see it all around you know in the field out there that like, people are just like longing for community and personal development um and then there are predators out there who are willing to give people that but at a price um yeah you just and, encountered uh, a group recently. You wrote oh, yeah. a, an article uh, it about was, it. Uh, yeah, I was just invited to speak uh, this eco-village uh, near Berlin. Uh, nice people. Um, and then I gradually discovered that, hey, who are these people? They're like different from the rest. Like they're all these like nice hippies with like really love in their eyes. And then there was like these, you know, um, yeah, like stone-faced, yeah, uh, like dead-eyed people, but who was like, you know, all over the place do, doing different works of these wee spaces. And I thought that ah, something is something's not right with these mm. people. Um, and also, 
um, you have like, oh, we have this community that is based on, uh, we have a social hierarchy based on uh, uh, stages of complexity. I just like, that sounds like a really bad idea. Uh, yeah. So it means that, okay, if you are declared to be on, on, on meta systematic, you know, then you are, you know, above the ones who are systematic, mm. you know, like, like creating another arbitrary uh, dominator hierarchy based on adult development. It's the most perverse use of adult development theory. Um, and then again, they didn't understand the theories anyway. They were just yeah. like using us, just like other cults, like, oh, I'm more enlightened than you, so you should scrub the floor. Yeah. Um, and the Google should fuck your wife. Mm. Anyway, yeah, so I found out that this um, this whole um, this whole event, like this this summer camp, had been completely infiltrated and taken over. Like they do it every, they've been doing it every year for 30 years. But this year it had been taken over by this cult. And it was more or less like just a big promotional event like they they, they haven't talked to the other people in in the in, in this eco village because they knew that they were unpopular so like smuggling in a little bit in every day yeah mm. and i was supposed to have been part of it you know but they they invited me to speak about the model of hierarchical complexity the very same theory that they misused to legitimize their uh, the social hierarchy in their organization um, and they wanted like an outsider expert in uh, quotation marks to, you know, talk about that. Um, and, and it was, it was so good. Like my gut feeling told me, no, I want to talk about something else. I think it's a shitty topic. So, yeah. They chose the wrong dude. They thought you were going to come in and rubber stamp their little organization. And <laughs> you sensed it. Your spider sense was tingling and you You've, yeah, maybe. I, I think it was like okay. So to sit there and 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 and, and talk about one of the most uh, uh, complicated stage theories out there, like it's like no, I'm just going to talk about the listening society and all the good things we can achieve if we uh, turn our uh, uh, gaze inwards. Anyway, like like the um, the yeah the, the talk at it was great. You know, it's it's online if you want to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I gradually found out that holy shit, this has been taken over by, by this cult. You know, and when I Googled them, like the most horrific things just came. It's like it just read like the Google reviews and, and like in Tartan, we're talking about like dead children and mm. uh, sexual abuse. And they're like using, you know, psycho- they're, they're peer pressuring people to take psychedelics and then they have sex with them. You know, they split up couples. Yeah. And of course, then the. Um, then the woman should have sex with the um, with the guru, you know, while the the man should be like, uh, yeah, fucked by the other guys, you know. And then if he doesn't want to do that, oh no, you you have like this heterosexual conditioning, and if you don't like always using, oh, it's your shadow, it's your ego, yeah, and uh, yeah, just like massive brainwashing, using psychedelics and sex to uh, control tro- control people. And uh, yeah, and apparently they're not very good at taking care of children out there. Um, I um, yeah, um, I heard that uh, you know that they're like separating the children from the adults so that the, so that the children can grow up egoless and uh, mm. the the shadows or ego or some shit like that won't inter from the children won't interfere with the adults again. It's just like a control mechanism. But apparently, like within uh, within a few months, like two children died, right? Accidents, of course, but that's like the job of adults—that is to make sure that accidents don't happen. Um, 
So what can we learn from this example? We, we, have a, we have a perfect example of what are essentially powerful ideas warped and used for straight-up cult dynamics. Yeah. How do we avoid that in our own metamodern efforts? Because having, having formed community myself, I've experienced how naturally things tend to gravitate in that direction mm. it's not always it doesn't always need to consciously be set out to control people we just tend to create we tend to put people on pedestals we mm. tend to have more sexual options available once someone becomes higher up in a social hierarchy and that tends mm. to lead to weird power imbalances um yeah there's all sorts of subtle things that crop up in in in, in organizations that are even trying their best and communities mm. not to head that direction so it's definitely something we need to study, isn't it? Well, I think there's something we can learn from modern society. That is, like, to have a division of, you know, erect some kind of division of power and also to divide up roles that, no, as the teacher, you are not allowed to have sex with your students, you know. Um, and, yeah. But most of all, I think that people need to be vaccinated, you know, with knowledge, with awareness, like back in the eighties, nine, uh, back, back in the nineties, there was a lot of awareness about cults because all these terrible things had happened, you know, in the seventies and eighties, right? Yeah. Um, and um, and I feel now, you know, it's like been been twenty years, and that it's coming back, right? People are like awareness. It's just like the vaccination shot we got back then. You know, it's not working uh, mm. anymore. And um, I don't hope that we need another Waco uh, or, or uh, yeah, what's it called? Um, uh, not Jameson. Uh, what was that called? Leader. Yeah, Jonestown. Uh, yeah, oh, Jonestown, Manfred, like all these things uh, before we become vaccinated again. Did you see the, the story about Keith Ranieri and, and Nexium in the US? Did you hear about no. that organization? No. There nope. another, there's a really good documentary the big deal they're just all going to prison now actually it's happened over the last few years very similar yeah. idea the way and this is what really interests me because it's close to how i would set these things up it's it's someone at the heart of it that seems to be you know well developed along certain lines of development can spin a good story about the future of the world and how we all need to mm -hmm. grow and you know it's not far away from the meta modern narrative but underneath it it's just this kind of this ego fixation and uh oh this this is a you know again this has got movie stars recruiting other people and then they started branding people literally with a brand and having oh, i think someone popped up in my feed about yeah. that yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. you're right it's coming back and this is the form that it's taking now it's taking mm -hmm. developmental um models and it's using yeah, them it's like you know back in the 70s people were talking about enlightenment and now it's like yes. instead of you're being enlightened uh yeah now it's about oh i'm more developed yeah and instead yeah. of uh, like well the scientologists they have all, always have like those stages those they have their stages. own state, state theories yeah. and then you have to pay from that to reach a higher higher stage yeah. um but they get metaphysical so. the new ones aren't necessarily getting as metaphysical they seem to be happy to kind of draw a line mm -hmm. at just like ultimate potential and development and exactly because like they need some new narratives that are more trustworthy yeah yeah and uh, you know if, if if you promise people that they're going to dance with angels they're not going to believe it today yeah <laughs> but if you say that you can reach some kind of cosmic and non-dual orgasm you know by doing what the guru tells you they might believe you Right. Sign me up. I want yeah. one of those, Emil. <laughs> yeah. I um, 
I want to talk to you about something before we wrap up. This really powerful article that you wrote um, that Obedience as Laughter from the Great Dictator to the Great Spectator published mm-hmm. on the Meta Moderna website. I believe it's from the Nordic Ideology and Excerpt. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's Hansi's text from uh, yeah, the It's end Hansi's of text, yeah. yeah. It's, it's good. I mean, I love your writing and I love your ideas. I, I really, every time I read your articles, I'm just like, wow, it's good. I hadn't thought about it that way. Wow. So I really appreciate the, the output. And I encourage anyone to check out the articles on Meta Moderna. There's just so many good ones there. So this one has really interesting ideas in here. And um, maybe do you want to give a little little overview of the essence of the idea? Is it, are you comfortable to do that? Yeah, well, um, the idea is that, uh, well, we can sort of, where should I begin? We have a bit of an arms race. That is like back in the days, um, you know, back in the days of Nazism, um, the regressors, they didn't master irony, right? Mm. That was why Chaplin, he could come out uh, with his movie, uh, and ridicule Hitler with the great, uh, you know, the great dictator. Um, with the old right, everyone has noticed. Whoa, they like master the rules of the internet. You know, they are making better memes than the left. Yeah, and it's always this like joke, 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 joke. Uh, and also, you know, you make a joke about the, like, like political correctness has gone out of fashion. Yeah, people mm-hmm. don't want. You know, it's like, oh, okay, I'm um, not allowed to make jokes anymore. Um, so they come out like they try, you know, making like, oh, let's make a little joke about the Holocaust there. And then you said, oh, that's not OK. It's like, oh, you're going to be political correct. You know, don't you have a sense of humor? It's just a joke. It's just a joke. It's just a joke. OK, it's just a joke. But like the jokes are making us less sensitive. Right. That's yeah. the whole plan. Like suddenly, you know, you just sit there and joke about the Holocaust yourself. You know, ah, it's just a joke. But yeah. suddenly it's not a joke anymore. And um, we've seen that comedians have gotten a lot of power. Like comedians are more trustworthy than anyone else. Mm. Um, but there's also something like the, the power of comedian that is that um, if I can make people laugh at you, you know, that's going to make you very, very obedient, right? Mm. Like if I am the master of jokes, uh, if I can make people laugh, I have a lot of power. Yeah. Uh, you no one wants to be you know at, at the butt of the joke and um and i see that uh, th- that the well what should you call it the old right the we, we call them that the neo reactionaries the regressors mm. um the um the people who want to who, who are reacting against against yeah many progressive developments out there uh, that they're becoming masters uh, of this uh, and it's an arms race uh, and i believe it's an arm race you cannot win with even better jokes uh, and the thing is that okay how uh, what's capable of 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 beating a joke what's more powerful like what's more powerful than making people laugh that's making people cry making and that's where i believe tragedy. that um the metamodern leader the metamodern equivalent of uh, of the old rights comedian, that's the poet. Yeah. So we need to engage this battle with poetry. Can we make um, poetry and and stories that are so engaging, so powerful, um, 
that people stop laughing, uh, then we can win. Mm, I want to quote you here. You'll quote Hanzi. The evil comedian who speaks to the masses but secretly despises them as a herd that follows the crude mechanics of humor understood only by a secret elite against the good poet who sings to the few but is in love with the many and their creative spark of collective intelligence. This is mm -hmm. the struggle reborn as play, stirring at midnight in the garden of good and evil. I love that framing. <laughs> I think that's really potent. And I've been thinking about this a lot lately, and it really interests me. You, you, you've got this kind of, typically, humor has been on the left. The right took itself mm. very seriously and wasn't very funny. There's really mm. not many examples of, of, of good comedy coming out of that quarter over the last few decades. But then as you watch political correctness come back in, as you mentioned, the alt-right has developed a sense of humor. I mean, what the, mm. the memes, a lot of them are trash, but a lot of them are really unique and quite hilarious. And the whole Pepe manifestation is really, it's fascinating how it's layer upon layer and context. Mm. And Yeah, it's actually yeah, quite it's sophisticated. A, yeah, very sophisticated. And Really, then, for me, the, the 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 cutting edge of kind of well, what I would say is really the most interesting metamodern humor is surrealism and absurdism. I mean, starting off with like Monty Python for me kind of kicked that off. I've been following that all the way through. And over the last uh, 15 years, uh, have you heard of Adult Swim, the network in the States? Uh, mm, I believe no, they created no. Rick, Rick and Morty. But they've created a whole series of um, avant-garde surrealism and mm. it's a little dark well it's not a little dark most of it's very dark but it's also got an emancipatory energy underneath it and it's kind of uh really pointing towards the banality of the modern world and injecting a sense of surrealism to kind of you know create a gestalt moment of awareness and it crosses the line sometimes but it's doing it you know, we, we, it knows it's doing it and it is quite brilliant. It's just, it's a refined taste. I'm talking about Eric Andre, the comedian, Tim and Eric, if other people know these, these shows. They, and then came along just a few years ago, the first alt-right version of this comedy, which came out on the network that was called mm. Million Dollar Extreme. Same, same format, same jarring of reality, but underneath you had these alt-right ideals coming through. And just what you were talking about, this like, ha, 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 we're only joking, ha, ha, ha. But when you're slipping in some really subtle, misogynistic, reactionary ideas in there, it's incredibly potent. And there was a bit of a war in the network where some of the other people saw what was going on and said, this isn't okay. And it was getting really quite popular. And they canceled the show, which was interesting. Um, but I think we're going to see more of that. And for me, yeah, that's, uh, it spooks me a little bit because you can get away with a lot of stuff in, in the comedic realm. There's almost like a sacred mm. right of, you know, freedom that's, that's allowed there. And if that's used in sophisticated way, I mean, Trump's a really good example of it. You get a, you get a kind of quiet dictatorship, which, which you, you kind of, everyone's laughing along as it, as the mm. power becomes more and more entrenched. And that's like a, it's like almost like a nightmare scenario, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And, and it's something I believe the left cannot copy. Uh, mm. it, would be f it would be fruitless just to go into that struggle because you will lose. Um, yeah. But there's something that the right cannot copy because, um, okay, it's more difficult 
to cre like create the, the kind of poetry that is not cheesy, that is not too much, like the kind of poetry that just hits right where it's supposed to and make people, okay, so much powerful. It's also so much more difficult to do. Um, but a hundred years ago, like creating like ironic humor was very difficult. Like the right just couldn't do it, right? And um, I also see that in the metamodern field that people... Like we was like, okay, we have had all these comments. Like we have all this comment on YouTube. Okay, I want to laugh. Okay, I go on YouTube there and then ha ha ha. And then you get that nice feeling and you yeah. know, consumer, and then it's gone. Like like laughs have laughs have become cheap, you know. Um and uh like I think we want to cry now. Right? We have also have so much trauma in our bodies anyway. Can something, you know, make those tears come up, make you fucking feel something below those seven layers of, 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 of irony and cynicism, like if something is capable of penetrating that, um, then we have something. And that's what I believe we need to do with metamodernism, uh, culturally speaking. Mm -hmm. um, we can only, but we can only do it by adopting sincere irony. Mm -hmm. Because if we only have sincerity, it's not trustworthy, is it? If something yeah. is... 100 but no 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 you need to like have a little self distance you know be you know laugh at your own self-importance and um and i think like the right mix of sincerity and irony um and put into poetry that's the stuff that's gonna uh, it's gonna win the world war mm, i love the phrase you used for it as well the new sincerity was 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 a turn of phrase in there and you, you mentioned, you know, David Foster Wallace years ago now, mm. pointing towards the real kind of countercultural artists are going to be embodying this new sincerity, that the kind of, you know, critical, ironic take is, is passe. It's been done. It's not extreme anymore. To be extreme is to be sincere and to evoke that, that feeling. But, but as you say, it's a balance. You mm -hmm. go too far with that and... Yeah. Yeah, I, I would like to actually to read read that quote from, uh, from David Foster Wallace. Um, yeah. it, it really sums up like the the meta modern spirit, you know, mm. um, uh, way before. Like I think he was like writing in the nineties and yeah. was already then like getting up, get, getting fed up with all this postmodern irony. Oh, well, um, another example of that, you know, anxiety and depression when you're when you're operating in those in those thought, <laughs> thought fields, you know, it's, it's hard. But yeah, please share the quote. Yeah. Real rebels, as far as I can see, risk disapproval. Mm. The old postmodern insurgents risk the gasp and squeal. Shock, disgust, outrage, censorship, accusations of socialism, anarchism, nihilism. Today's risks are different. The new rebels might be uh, artists willing to risk the yawn, the rolled eyes, the cool smile, the nudged ribs, the parody of gifted, gifted ironists, the oh, how banal. To risk accusations of sentimentality, melodrama, of over-credulity, of softness, of willingness to be suckered by a world of lurkers and starers who fear gaze and ridicule above imprisonment without law. Mm. Who knows? Uh, I think this 
really sums up that, like, I mean, you know, we, we are so afraid of being a sucker, right? Mm. Like, if, like, oh, so someone is sincere. No, 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 not me. I'm not going to be the sucker. You know, I'm just going <laughs> to come with an ironic comeback, you know, mm. and be completely not. No, no, no. I don't believe in anything. You know, I'm not going to be that. And um, whenever someone come up with an idea, you're the first to come up with the antithesis and shoot it down because you're just so critical minded. Um, but uh, it's kind of like cowardice because isn't it braver to actually put your stuff out there? What do you, what do you believe could make the world a better place? You know, mm. uh, go out there. Okay, I think this is beautiful. It might be banal. It might be cheesy. I think this is beautiful. I believe this is true. Uh, that requires so much more guts than just being the ironic trickster shooting everything down. And, um, and that's what we need. We need courage. And, um, and I hope that the metamodernists out there are up for the job of yeah, putting your cheek out and uh, risk getting a few beatings. It's not going to kill you. <laughs> I, I, I love this. this. I feel like what, what you've done at least for me and, and, and a lot of other millennials that are getting into metamodernism, you've thrown the gauntlet down of like, do you have the courage to believe again? Can you, can you pick up the pieces and keep walking towards truth, goodness, and beauty as a meta narrative that includes all of the mm. pitfalls from before and the beauties from before? And, and can we do that? You know, because we're, we've been so hit up against the rocks of, existential malaise and meaninglessness and institutional distrust and then you, those of us lucky to be you know living in the relative luxury of the modern west we've done all that with every mm. kind of entertainment and pornography we could hope for at the click of a button so it's a big risk for some of us to reclaim that vision and hope and with that comes a lot of danger right because you know yeah blood and bone is just a few steps away that's how you get to fascism that's how you got to communism it is the kind of mm. that if you're directing that energy you need to be really uh, grounded and really humble but um for me it's critically yeah. important i can't watch another episode of, of south park i'm sorry mm. i've had enough you know i can sit through an entire episode of south park not a single chuckle like it's just yeah. it, it's not just getting to me anymore uh i, I want something more profound something Making me feel, yeah. I want to feel something. What are you reading uh, then? Like what Shakespearean tragedy or stuff before you go to sleep? Uh, well, well, right now I'm reading a book about tantra. So, nice, <laughs> uh, awesome. This is tragedy, man. I actually started reading Dune because, uh, like you oh. know, in the movies, right? I, I didn't finish the book before we could, went watch the. Uh, That's good. But story. yeah, Dune is like a very, it's very beautiful uh, science fiction because it has so. It's not just about the spaceships and all. This. It's got like inner perspective, and uh, spirituality. Yeah. And um, yeah, you need to be careful about uh, calling things that you like. Oh, it's metamodern. It must be because I like it. But um, yeah. <laughs> It's a little bit metamodern, actually. I think it, like, I think it is. He was ahead of yeah. his time, Lynch. Um, yeah, sorry, Frank Herbert. But okay, so maybe my last question then before we wrap up is uh, the, the progression. If, if we look at Hansi in his first uh, book, the tone there was uh, more towards the the irony, more towards the like poking a bit of fun and really getting into it. And then we saw some more of that sincerity come through in the Nordic ideology. And I wonder... 
I'm curious to see where that evolves and develops in in the third installment. Um, yeah, can you give a hint to that, or you want us to wait with bated breath until it's released? Well, I, I can tell you a little about the progress. I have uh, 700 pages of material uh, mm-hmm. that, from Hansi that I need to to, to sort through for six mm-hmm. hidden patterns. It's not going to be done this year, and there's almost no jokes. Mm. Um, so it's just like pure uh, material and uh, um, yeah um, and I think that um, we had like a a great enough dose of irony you know in the first book to first of all to get people's attention but also to get their trust yeah because you cannot trust someone if they're not being ironic nowadays Um, so I think that we're gonna crank that down in the in the third installment However, uh, since it's not going to be done anytime time soon, we have another book project that we're working on. Uh-huh. And um, yeah, it's going to be a self-help book by Hansi. It's called uh, 12 Much Better Rules uh, for Life. Fantastic. And um, yeah, um, Hansi is sharing out, uh, share, sharing his, uh, his life wisdom. And uh, yes, uh, you are going to laugh and you're going to cry. Beautiful. I can't wait to hear it. I, I I must admit that the moment when I was reading the Listening Society, when I started to get a sense that uh, maybe Hansi wasn't exactly as he presents himself to be, let me put it that way, was yeah. so you delicious for me. Yeah. It was fairly early on, but Hansi rubbed me up the wrong way in that first chapter. And I was like... It was just, I think it's just so delicious because it was such good writing and the the ideas were so electric. But I was like, who is this guy? And then when I realized what was at play there, I I loved it. And I had such appreciation because I'm just like, oh, yeah, I walked straight into that one. Um, It's also like it it could only be like, you know, like Hansi that um, as a creation, like as a philosopher, like Hansi, like nowadays you cannot be the philosopher. Like it doesn't yeah. work. Like we, we, there's too much. You, you cannot, that amount of sincerity that is required to be a philosopher oh. is just not possible. Um, but the artist can create the philosopher and then it suddenly works again. But what do yeah. we do about that? Because having started writing my own material around the same time, I was like, I'm not going to do that same thing, but I fall into that same trap because I'm trying to walk that line of sincere Mm. poetry with just a dash of irony in it. But whoa, it's a fine line before you start feeling like this is an impossible position that I'm putting myself in. Uh, Do we need to create, you know, kind of... uh, alter egos for ourselves, or can we show up as that way can we reclaim that as philosophers or is it too much of a risk that we're just kind of shot down for who we are and it would destroy us i i don't know like uh, it's up to you to come up with an innovation of course Mm -hmm. when when you have first put shit on a can you know like someone else can't like do it like doesn't work (laughs) (laughs) right so i'm interested to see what what's going to be like what's going to be the next Hansi thing out there like what what's what what are people uh, going to come up with definitely well i look forward to it as well maybe it doesn't need to be like one voice maybe it could be multiple voices maybe it could be like several layers of Mm -hmm. the same person like because we are not we're not individuals you know we um 
this is interesting to me. I think maybe that's I th- two directions my mind go, goes with it is, you know, the next Buddha is the Sangha, that if you could create a kind of like hyper person that is a combination of like hundreds of people across a particular mm. um, mimetic movement would be fascinating, pretty difficult to coordinate. But then the other one is coming across as a collection of parts, acknowledging that we are, you know, the multitude in one, mm. we are all many. That's fascinating to me because if uh, writing that way, it maybe gets a little over the top and a bit technical, but I'm trying to convey that in every discussion and, and deep interaction that I have that, yeah, a part of me is loving you right now. A part of me is detested mm. by you. Another part of me wants to cuddle. Another part of me wants to leave. And it's like, mm. I only feel like I've really been truly held and held the other when some aspect of that multiplicity has been acknowledged. And I think to bring that into uh, theory and literature would be fascinating. Well, I mean, like the, the, the individual, individual artist, the writer, that's like a modern idea. Yeah. Like back in the Middle Ages, like like artists, uh, well, before the Renaissance, it was not like important who made, you know, this mm. piece of art in the church, you know, and, and the Bible, yeah. like who's the writer of the Bible, you know, this is not important. Yeah. Okay. This is like a letter from this Paulus guy and so on. Um, yeah. But I mean, um, in the future, of course, uh, this God, idea so of alien the individual to me, though, writer right? is, is, is going to be obsolete at some point. What can we do with AI, for example, like mm. when the technology involves, like how can we combine several layers of your person with AI technology? I don't know if, you, if you've seen this, um, this movie called Her. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, amazing movie where like the computers are so evolved like you just like talk to them and you, you just say what, what you want to be done. And then the computer does it for you. But basically, yeah, I would like to write this text about yeah, stage theories. Oh, like this. Yeah, something like that. Uh, like how? Yeah. So, 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 what's going to happen in the future when these technologies um, are going to develop? Like, I just like know that no, 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 no. They're not going to take over. Like, what's mm-hmm. going to take over is the combination of human minds, you know, with this technology because they they do different things. Uh, so, how are we going to use these technologies, and how is that going to uh, uh, going to affect you know art and writing? when suddenly you don't need to sit there and type every single word. You don't even need to come mm-hmm. up with every single word. The machine will do that for you. You remember, you know, this people saying that, oh, uh, you said exactly what I wanted to say. And uh, mm-hmm. that, that's what a good writer today is capable of, 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 of putting into words the things that people already know. Yeah. Well, what if the computer could do it for you? Mm. It strikes me just how, just how alien and and bizarre it is to present ourselves as these individuals anyway. This 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 whole, I mean, we kind of we kind of have to in the marketplace that we have right now if you want to profit from it. But it strikes me as a really strange practice. And as you're saying that, it's really hitting home. Of, of uh, I mean, the ideas are never ours anyway. Really, we're kind of <laughs> remixing other things anyway. And yet here we are packaging them under our, under our. Yeah, like I, I know it from myself that like the whole hand Hansi thing, you know, has confused things. Um, just like to all the listeners out there, Hansi is real. He is a real person. Yeah. Uh, he lives. He lives in Switzerland and uh, writes books. I'm just helping him. Um, 
Um, but also my relationship to Daniel that, you know, where does his thinking ends and my begin, you know, it's yeah. like, how did you write this, do this? It's just, no, there's like a, a constant exchange of ideas and memes between us that is also in a constant exchange with the environment around us. Mm. And it's like really like, you know, when you have such a, a, a close, close partnership, you know, you, you start finishing each other's sentences and you mm. watch something on the news and you think the exact same thing. Um, and it's also, wow, okay, where, where do I start and where do I end? <laughs> um, and also, is that an, impo an important question? Um, yeah. I think that's a beautiful place to wrap it up. I'm getting that nice, warm, transpersonal contact high. I've forgotten who I am, who you are, what's going on. Um, and I just want to blast There's only, what, like 30,000 miles between us or something like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, what a marvelous um, world we live in that this is possible. It is really wonderful. Um, thanks for spending this time with me. Thank you for Thank you. the publications, the inspiration. And yeah, I, I think about metamodernism a lot, Emil. It's become a beautiful framing and a reference point for me. And I'm really grateful for that. It's very generative. It's very, it challenges me to grow and evolve in, in beautiful ways and i look forward to dancing together in this you know continual evolution this 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 building this kind of international community of support mm -hmm. and growth and hitting the monastery one day and um having lots that of could fun be awesome. do it yeah. yeah all right yeah great talking to you too i hope you enjoyed the podcast as much as i did Show notes are available online at www.joelightfoot.org, where you can also find more information about my book, A Collective Blooming. Music by Johnny Eagle. Until next time, be well, my friends.